I know your works. I know that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either cold or hot. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Welcome to a New York Catholic Conversation. My name is Deacon John Catalano, and I am joined, as always, by my friend, my good pal from St. Agnes on Long Island, Frank Alasia. Frank, how are you doing tonight? Doing great, Deacon. How's everything? Everything is good. And the topic for conversation this week is lukewarm Catholicism. So let's define that term. The opening verse I just read was from Revelation 3, and the following verse, verse 16, says, So, because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. Now, this is part of the part of Revelation that's a letter to one of the churches in Asia Minor, and he's reprimanding this community for being lukewarm, but no particular faults are singled out. So their material prosperity is contrasted with their uh spiritual poverty. So their wealth leads them to rely on themselves instead of Jesus. And half-hearted commitment to the faith is apparently nauseating to Christ. He wants to spit them out of his mouth. The New Catholic Encyclopedia says, lukewarmness or tepidity in spiritual theology signifies the state of the soul to which the warmth and fervor of charity is wanting, but has not yet completely deteriorated into coldness or indifference uh, or hatred. So start us off, Frank. How do you want to begin with this? Yeah, lukewarm Catholicism, you know, in its various forms can be rooted in many things. Um, it, you know, it occurs when we don't take God's invitation to holiness seriously enough. In your daily life, it's characterized mm-hmm. by maybe, you know, scripture, scriptural laziness or lack of prayer, the toleration of, of venial sins that we commit over and over again. Um You know, our Catholic schools, Bible studies, RCIA programs, um, you name it, and it's present under many different guises, Um, you know, theological modernism, liberal American Catholicism. These things lead to weakening of souls and eventually to the ruin of souls. It's true. We all have to be more vigilant about this. He wants us, Jesus, to come to him and be saved. But when we become too self-sufficient or too self-satisfied, right? Uh, and then we begin to fade uh, in our fervor, in our spiritual life, right? Yeah. I mean, St. John of the Cross says lukewarmness is one of the greatest um, diseases existing in, in the spiritual life. Um, you know, and, and, you know, when you think about it, think about things like TV. I mean, I call it the devil's tabernacle. I mean, how much time do you waste on watching TV, you know, or is your energy wasted on, you know, the chase for more money or honors or recognition? You know, are you overly worried about your physical uh, appearance? These are some of the things that that get in the way of our relationship with God. He doesn't, you know, he becomes the number two, three or four thing instead of the most important thing, you know? Yeah. I mean, we've been reading in the, uh, in the Beatitudes uh, at mass in Matthew five, Jesus says, you have heard that it was said to your ancestors, you shall not kill, and whoever kills will be liable to judgment. But I say to you, whoever is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Okay, so the average person doesn't kill anyone or anything, but we and we become satisfied with that. Okay, I'm following that commandment. But Jesus wants the commandment to penetrate the heart. 
He doesn't want us to harbor anger or resentment toward anyone because those things will defile. So he's nudging us along and wanting us to go deeper and pass the commandment. Right. Another example of that is when he says, thou shalt not commit adultery. Right. But then he goes further and says, if you've lusted after a woman in your heart, you've committed adultery. What he's saying really is there's no room for mediocrity or minimalism in our spiritual life. Jesus is always raising the bar. He tells us to be perfect as our heavenly father is perfect. It's not good enough just to be good. He wants us to realize that there's a long way between ourselves and him, and we have a long way to go. Well, that, so the goal is heaven. You're as, right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. How about the rich young man? What must I do to have eternal life? And Jesus says to him, you know what to do. Follow the commandments. He says, I do that already. And the Lord says to him, there is still one thing left for you. Sell all that you have and distribute it to the poor, and you will have a treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. So to receive eternal life, we have to be willing to put away the things of the world and serve the Lord. He says, with all our heart, all our might, all our mind, all our strength. We have to be grateful for the earthly blessings we have, but strive to view them in the proper perspective. Yeah, and what are the, some of the things that, you know, sneak into our lives that you don't really even realize cause this lukewarmness. Here's one for you. Curiosity. I mean, don't waste your time on knowledge that won't help you spiritually. I always think about that. Somebody tells me, what what do you really get out of watching the news? Think about it. How much do you really benefit from that? You know, the news is basically all negative. Another one is feelings. You can't be focused. At, you can't focus because when feelings are the focus, all you do is lifting yourself up is, is your own emotions and appetites and not God. Fruit from prayer really is grace, not feelings. The other, another one is distractions. Use a prayer book to give you structure. That's a, that's a big help. Look at a statue or, or a holy image. This will help you with distractions. Very rarely do people get distracted with high and spiritual things. Another one is dryness during prayer. It's a test to see if you're really, it's really a test to see if you're praying for your own benefit or because you love God. Focus, focus on God that he is present with you throughout the day and stay focused on him. Yeah, you know, in, in her diary, uh, Sister Faustina uh, said uh, that Jesus kept urging her to, quote, focus on my passion over and over. And finally, she says, well, I, I am. Why? And he says, because when you focus on my passion, you will know what true love is. And he said to her that lukewarm souls are without love or devotion, and they cause him more suffering than any other group. And think of it from the Lord's point of view. I mean, if you really love a person, a niece or a nephew or a friend, and that person doesn't reciprocate, what we feel somewhat disappointed, hurt, or rejected. That's what the Lord is thinking. He wants us to love him. And that, and yet when we behave in kind of this lukewarm way, it's not satisfying. Right. That's part of the cross. You know, and my, my cousin had mentioned to me, we were talking about this. He said, what about procrastination? I mean, that's another one um, that, that, that contributes to the lukewarmness. And why is that? Because we all think tomorrow is a given. And I guarantee you, there's not a person listening to this doesn't think that we'll all be here tomorrow. But we all know, we all, we, we've all experienced where you hear of a friend who doesn't make it home that night, you know. And I think 
you know, or didn't wake up to see the next day. You have to you have to be aware of that all the time. You know, ask God to make you a man or woman of prayer now. Lord, give me the habit of prayer now. Holy people pray. If you don't pray, it's a sign that you really have a deep seated, you know, love of self. Yeah, I think then that that kind of prayer will lead to a discovery of one's own charism, right? The gifts from the spirit that yes. we use to help the church. And we all have that. You know, to become a deacon, you have to study and train for like four and a half years, as you know. And and then when you're ordained, that's not an achievement in and of itself or the destination. It's just the pathway or really the next step in getting better at serving the people of God and spreading the gospel message. And, you know, right. I, my pastor is always saying to people in the, in the congregation uh, to sing during mass. And think about it. If you're just at mass and you, you know, you, you have, you're you in the habit of not doing that, change your mind about that. Pick up the hymnal and sing the entrance hymn and see if your heart is lifted by that. Yeah, and you're right. You know, you you yourself being a religious know that priests, nuns, deacons, they're all given. They're all given more graces. Um, because their their life is generally more more difficult and more demanding. So like you said, more is expected of them. But it just in closing, I would say lastly, to get rid of this lukewarmness, mortify yourself. The devil hates a soul that sacrifices and disciplines the body. You know, confession, of course, and communion. But even little sacrifices that we make throughout the day, little things that we give up, God pays you back a thousand times for those things. It doesn't have to be something grand. It's just just little things throughout the day, not having that dessert, the extra drink, uh, watching your favorite TV, whatever it may be. If you just give something up, he repays you. And then last, say little prayers during the day. Uh, one of the great ones, I know you like this one, Deacon, is Jesus, I trust in you. That's Faustina again, but yes. you know, with, with Lent coming up, those are good suggestions, Frank. So we'll think about those going forward. Folks, don't forget to like us and, and follow us and send us an email. And if you have a topic that you'd like us to discuss, or if you've got something in your heart that you've been thinking about, send us an email, anycatholicconversation at gmail.com. That's anycatholicconversation at gmail.com. Frank, I love you a lot, and I'll see you next time, okay? God bless. Thanks, Deacon.